as someone that is new to investing, this is a very helpful platform to help me grow my knowledge. Keep up the good work. Awesome podcast. Very informative. I love this podcast. It's the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You podcast. A production of the Jamaica Stock Exchange in partnership with Hanika Watkins Porter of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Join us every Monday at 6 a.m. for a new episode. Your path to understanding wealth starts now. It is the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You podcast, and I am your host, Henika Watkiss Porter. So more and more people are becoming comfortable with investing. It is no longer seemingly reserved for a particular subsector of our society. With proper guidance, you can create wealth for yourself and your family and generations for years to come. And this podcast is part of the knowledge-based ecosystem that is building capacity for investors, both big and small. And today we are revisiting the topic of building a solid investment portfolio. To guide us along is Maurice Wright, Chief Investment Officer at QMUX Wealth Management. Welcome, welcome, Maurice. Thank you, Anika. All right. You're very welcome. How do you build an investment portfolio, right? So let's get there. Let's let's get started right there. And what that really even mean? What, what does that mean? Okay. Building a portfolio is synonymous with what our grandma would say to us. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's simply a structured way of acquiring investment assets to build your wealth in a way which attempts to minimize the risk. So you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You There are terms such as diversify across mm-hmm. the asset class, which is simply another way of saying the different types of investment assets that you can acquire to build your wealth. So all think right. about it as a, a broad-based approach to acquiring assets from different Asset class, let's call it asset class. Right, asset class, you know, another investment term and diversification. So when you talk about asset classes, right, uh, give us an example or some examples rather of what it is that you are referring to. Asset class is just investment speak for the different types of assets. So here in Jamaica, you'd have what we call fixed income, which would be like repurchase agreement, commonly called repos and bonds whether it's corporate, meaning issued by companies, or sovereign, issued by the government of Jamaica, slash the Bank of Jamaica. Um, So those are some assets. You have other asset class, such as real estate. You have equity, also known as stock. And you have like Unitrust mutual fund, which are called collective investment schemes. And um, another asset class is loans. Loans is loan Loan represent an asset. You can lend some money, some money to asset, but of course, you can't fall afoul of regulations. So those are the broad asset classes. Right. I'm going to ask you a quick question. I won't, you know, dwell on it. But oftentimes, myself and I, and I've seen where others are kind of confused between 
the uh, the difference between mutual funds and unit trusts. Now, what is that major difference that you know distinguishes one from the other? They are operated the same way to the end user. There's a, a couple of fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. One, a unit trust, as the name suggests, is governed by a trust, which is just essentially an agreement with trustees. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of the name, unit trust. So it's a trust governed by a trustee. Secondly, it's also unitized, meaning the assets are bought, divided by the number of subscription, mm-hmm. meaning portion that persons by units, and hence the name unit. Mutual fund is not governed by a trust. It's a distinct company. So our company has a, a unit, a unit trust, and it's governed by the trustees. You know, like the stock exchange, um, the JCSD trustee mm-hmm. as the trustee, mm-hmm. and that's as formal as the arrangement gets. With the mutual fund, it's a distinct company, and they buy the assets on behalf of the the, the participant or the uh, well, not say unit holder because mutual fund is not really a unit, mm-hmm. um, and 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 so the, that's a fundamental difference between them operationally to the to the end user. It, it's kind of transparent. You won't necessarily know whether you're buying a unit trust or a mutual fund. Mutual funds are actual, like you said, companies that are set up specifically for yeah. that. So Absolutely. each wealth management, um, each broker, for example, may have their own mutual fund division per se. In the case of a unit trust, mm-hmm. typically they, they can set up another division to to deal with it and, and and so on but in in a lot of cases it's 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 the same it's being led by the investment department you know because you right. buy so it's not a different company, company. it's the same the company company. right that's what i'm trying to get at so it's a same yes. it's the same company operating the the unit trust right yes. but as for the mutual fund so let's say qmux does qmux have a mutual fund quote-unquote organization not an organization we have a unit trust Mm-hmm. with the Jamaica JCSD trustee services as um, as trustee. And we, QMAX Wealth, we are the investment manager. So mm-hmm. our investment department would spearhead the management of that, that portfolio. Right. So, so it's not a distinct entity. Um, right. It's, it's the, the unit trust is essentially buying competence from the in the qmax wells investment department okay great so i really wanted to clear that up for myself because i also know that persons have questions um where that is concerned as well so let's move back into uh you know the whole portfolio building investment portfolio building so um for the average investor what would a typical portfolio be like so not just we're not just talking about a stock portfolio we're talking about a you know, the overall investment portfolio. Typically, you know, what does that look like? There are a couple of considerations. And if, if you'll allow me, I'll just quickly go through them, just introduce them. Absolutely. Then, then um, answer your question directly. A critical issue in portfolio management, you know, is looking at what is your objective? Because you spoke to generational wealth and stuff like that. That is a factor. It can be a pension. It can be getting your 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 kids to, to to university. Your liquidity. What time frame are you thinking about? The whole issue of diversification. 
um, something people don't think about, but for each investment you 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 look at acquiring acquiring, you need to think about how do I get out of this? What is your exit strategy? But more pertinent to what you you have said, um, a consideration is your stage of life. Where are you? The portfolio that I would recommend for someone who is 20, just starting to work, and someone who is in the middle of their career, and someone who is retiring in, in, a, in a short while, you know, thinking heavily about pension. Well, everybody should be thinking about pension from day one, but, you know, you, you focus on it almost obsessing as you get towards that age. It, it, it varies. Those are the broad considerations in terms of constructing a portfolio. Constructing a portfolio is really about, as we say, not putting your eggs in one basket and selecting assets across the various asset classes that will deliver you the risk-adjusted return that you want. You know, if you're very risk-averse, then you won't necessarily put a large portion in equities because there's volatility, meaning price fluctuation or value fluctuation can be significant in the, in the, in the equity market. And so what you will do is look at, depending on your stage of life and the objectives and so on, of, of course, your risk tolerance, because that is key. That's a key driver, your risk tolerance. You will select, you know, okay, fixed income, meaning repos and bonds, a certain percentage of your portfolio. Uh, depending on your liquidity needs, you might keep some short. Some might actually be in cash, but keep in mind, cash doesn't typically earn. And really not in the Jamaican market. Interest rates are fairly are, 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 are fairly low for, for, for overnight and, and that kind of thing. Very short-term investment. And so you would look across the asset class and allocate. Now, this allocation, it depends on your risk tolerance. It depends on your stage of life. And so there's no magic bullet to say you must have 20% of your investment in equities. It depends. The general rule in terms of equities is, you know, um, you select a higher percentage when you're young because all things being equal, you can take more risk when you're younger and you can recover from it if there are, there, 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 there are losses. Another key consideration in constructing your portfolio is the whole issue of downside protection. Now, what is downside protection? It means when things are going good, you want to beat the market. So if the average market return is 10%, you would love to return 12, 15, and that's fine. And everybody will be happy. However, what happens when the market turns as it currently is right now? When the market turns, you want to minimize your losses. So if the market losses 10, 15%, you'd be happy with a little 5% because there's volatility. You'd, you'd be happy with 5% in, in, instead of going 15 or 20 with, with, with the market. Let's talk about now how much money do you need to really build a portfolio? Because, you know, I, I said in the in the opening that more and more people are becoming comfortable with investing. But there are still others who, when you say invest, they're like, but I don't have no money to invest, you know? It still seems like it's 
something that is unattainable, unattainable for them? How much money do you really need to build a portfolio? Unless, for example, let, let's be more specific right now and talk about a stock portfolio. There's no magic to it because here in the Jamaican market, the Jamaica Stock Exchange allows you to, to buy like one, one, one unit, especially if you're doing it online. There's a product called JTrader, a fantastic product um, that the Stock Exchange has. It allows you to trade electronically in the comfort of your home at whatever time. You can set up the trade, you can get market alerts and, and, and so on. With that, there's no limit. But most brokers will say, will have their particular limit to open uh, an account. But it, 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 it can be as small as, I think I've heard of 2,000, 10,000. So it's not a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that, 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 that's lunch or a drink. So don't be deterred by people telling you that you, know, you, you need to have money to build a portfolio. No, a portfolio can be started um, with small amounts and also can be started with less than the ideal structure, which I told you about where you're having the different classes. Because let me give you an example. If you're starting with, let's say, 50,000 or 10,000, there's very little opportunity for you to spread it across the, the asset classes. You probably have to zero in one and you said, okay, let me start with some equities. And you look and see across the various industries um, available um, in, in, in Jamaica, which companies in the finance sector. And you go to your broker, you go to, 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 to QMAX Wealth or other broker, and you say, you know, this is what you want to do. And you open the, the JCSD account. If you're trading online, that's all you really need, the JCSD account and meeting the KYC requirements of whichever broker it is. And the account can be opened. The typical account opening documents are all. And by KYC, you mean know your customer. Oh, yes, know your customer requirements. That's a basic. Once you're in the finance industry, and when I say finance, I include in the insurance and so on, the service provider has to go through that process. And you provide those documents, identification, proof of address, and things like that. And you set up the account. So don't be deterred. Um, small amounts, 10,000, 5,000, depends on the broker. But having set up the account, what can you trade? If you're doing it online, you can you can trade one unit of a stock. And that stock might be $10, $100, um, $1,000, depending on which, which one. And each broker does analysis that you can look at to guide you. So you don't have to be an expert, but build a relationship with a trader or broker so that you can get guidance because you're not going to learn everything overnight, especially if you don't have a finance background. And over time, read. It is not rocket science. If you read, you will improve your, 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 your competence. A key thing is to know what you're buying. If you don't understand it, if it's not recommended by a professional, don't buy it. Read. Read and understand. Because you mentioned, you know, perhaps somebody can open with as little as $2,000. So for that person, they're, they're $2,000 and they're thinking, okay, uh, what are some of the strategies that you could um, share with us, Maurice, that that little $2,000 that they put in today over time will grow into something beyond what they could have imagined? 
depending on, on, on what is bought, whether it's equities or fixed income, you have to deal with it in a structured way, be disciplined. And I recommend that persons spend, you know, per month, per week, a period of time looking at your portfolio, looking at your finances, so you can make informed decisions. Now, when you start, start small, um, what you have to do is to try and pick things which are appreciating. In Jamaica, we're a bling society, and so we tend to buy things that are glamorous and are not necessarily earning assets. The focus has to be on earning assets, and ideally you want assets that are beating inflation. Beating inflation means the return it is giving you is greater than what the rate of inflation is, so that if you were to use that money to buy a, a, a product, if you bought it now versus buying it down the road after getting the interest or the, whatever the appreciation is, can you buy the same thing as you would at the start? If it is the price of has gone up such that you can't buy what you would have bought with the money that you invested, it means that you're getting negative returns. And so what you want to do is to invest in things that are giving you real return. And so the inflation adjusted value is growing. One of the beauty of investing is realizing what I call the magic of compounding and particularly with fixed income. And in this environment now where even repo rates are, well, treasury bill rate on a whole is, is, is very high, you know, seven, seven, seven percent that that, that that region the miracle of compounding you know so you start with two thousand dollars depending on the rate of return you're getting if you net net ten percent at the end of the first year what you have to reinvest is not two thousand dollars it's two thousand two hundred and if 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 you get the same ten percent i'm using ten percent because it's easy to to calculate at the end of the second year it's 10% of not 2,000, but 10% of 2,200. So your, your, your net earning, earning would be $220. And, 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 and this keep happening and it builds over, over time. And you just have to be disciplined. Separate what I call your savings from your investments. Savings are things that you use, you know, you withdraw and so on. Investment you keep it towards a particular objective. And that, that's a difference. So the person with $2,000, have that focus, utilize assets that are earning assets, that are appreciating. Best if they're appreciating faster than um, inflation. And over time, the miracle of, of, of compounding will assist you. If it's something like equity or stock or shares, same thing you have to pick um, what we call winners. Companies that you think long-term are doing well, you're comfortable with the management and the analysis. You can look at the analysis done by brokers and see what their thoughts are. You can look at multiple ones and make an assessment and keep your ears on the ground what is happening. Look at the industry they're, they're in. Is the industry experiencing headwinds, meaning negative forces are acting on it you know, like the war, how is that going to impact it? The supply chain um, dislocations, how are those going to impact the company? And pick companies that will do well. 
typically in the long run, but you want to also make short-term, short-term, short-term gains and know what the market is doing. Go on the stock exchange site, jamstockx.com, and you can see what the, 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 the companies are doing. There are many options for, for, for persons to, you know, do well, to move towards wealth accumulation. All right. That sounds like a final thought. I was going to ask you for your final thoughts, but I think that is just solid, you know, what you have mentioned there, right? But if you, there's anything else you want to close out with, uh, Maurice, that you have not shared with us before, then by all means, go ahead and share that. And also, where might our listeners get in touch with you? I'm the Chief Investment Officer at um, QMAS Wealth. We are, our front office is at 10 Ruthven, Ruthven Road. Our website is www.qmaxwealth.com or you can reach the client services um, department at client services at qmaxwealth.com. Uh, in, in terms of a final message, um, I implore people to essentially assess your risk tolerance, understand how you feel about risk and understand your liquidity needs. You don't want to use short-term money to invest in long-term assets and you have to sell at a bad time and suffer losses. But do those things, read on financial matters. Um, there are publications around that are very informative. Uh, look at the, 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 the stock market, read the business section of the newspapers and so on, and educate yourself so that tomorrow, you're better informed in terms of making financial decisions. Solid, solid, solid. Thank you so much, Maurice Wright, Chief Investment Officer at QMUX Wealth Management. Really appreciate the time that you spent with me this morning. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to the Jamaica Stock Exchange Interview, a podcast of the Jamaica Stock Exchange with your host, Henneke Watkins-Porter. Today, I was just reminded about the value of the compound effect, you know, one, one cocoa full basket. And over time, you know, you keep building on interest and building on interest and principal. And before you know it, you're like, wow, where did that money come from? So yes, what's your standout moment? Please send us your feedback now at podcast.jamstockx.com or on social media at jamstockx. In the meantime, follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app. The Jamaica Stock Exchange and You is produced by Henneke Watkins-Porter of the Entrepreneurial You podcast and now TV show. You can find out more at hennekewatkinsporter.com to hear leadership and entrepreneurship lessons from guests like Zachary Harding, Les Brown, Seth Godin, Richard Branson, Dr. Marcia Forbes, and a host of others. And I'm also on social media at Henneke Watkins Porter. And that's all for now. See you next week. Remember, as Warren Buffett says, rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget. Rule number one, do take care.